Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Bikes for Death podcast. As always, my name is Patrick, and I'm your host. And on today's episode, well, we're talking to me, or I guess I should say maybe I'm talking to you. Well, we're talking. That's what we're doing today. And actually, for the next three days, because I intended this last episode of the year to be one episode, but turns out I talk a lot. And additionally, we got a lot of questions and this turned out to be a really long episode. So what I've done is I broke it down into three parts so you can pick what you wanna listen to, make it a little bit more ingestible and a little bit less daunting. So let me take you through it. Episode 169 is gonna be broken up into three parts. Part one is what you're listening to today. And this is when Bikes for Death announces our awards. We asked you, the listener, to let us know what your favorite episode was, the most informative episode, most inspirational, and the most entertaining episode of the year. So we're going to be revealing your votes for all of those episodes, as well as announcing the episodes that got the most downloads for 2023. Additionally, I'm going to take a look back over the past five years briefly and talk about some of the Bikes or Death stats from the past five years. And then we're going to take a look forward and I'm going to be talking about our goals for 2024 and beyond. So that's going to be today. And then tomorrow I'm releasing episode two, which is a meet the team episode. And I introduce you to everybody that works behind the scenes over here at Bikes or Death. They're all incredible people with their own amazing stories and they each add so much value to the team. And I'm excited to share that with you. And then the third episode is gonna come out on Friday and that is an Ask Me Anything. That's where you, the listener, submitted your questions and we got a bunch of them and I do my best to answer as many of them as I can. And I think that episode is gonna be like three, three and a half hours long. It's, it's quite lengthy. And that is just a combination of getting a lot of questions from you combined with my inability to have any type of brevity which I guess isn't the worst quality to have if you're a podcaster, uh, but it does make for a lengthy interview. And I also want to acknowledge that I wrangled my girlfriend, Natalie, into helping me with these episodes. Anytime I've done an Ask Me Anything episode, I've always had somebody else come in and ask your questions. I think it just makes for a little bit more of an engaging, dynamic type conversation. And it's a lot more fun and a lot less painful for me to have someone to talk to on the other end. And so I really appreciate her coming in to uh, fill in for you to help produce this show and ask the questions and be the podcast host. That's what we have for you to close out this year. I appreciate everybody who has been with us through 2023, and I am really looking forward to 2024. I sure I say it every year, but next year is going to be our biggest year yet. And we're going to get into all the details over the three parts of this episode. So that's enough for me. Let's get to the show. But first, Let's take a moment to thank the people that made it possible, starting with our latest patrons. We'd like to thank Levi Walls and Thomas Seymour for signing up to be new and sustaining patrons of the Bikes for Death podcast. We'd also like to thank a couple patrons that increased their monthly donation. So we'd like to thank Diane Precup and Alexander Raiden for increasing their monthly pledge we really do appreciate all of our patrons and everybody who finds a way to support Bikes or Death. We literally cannot do it without you. 
And speaking of teams, thanks for being on the Bikes for Death team. We really appreciate it. And another great way to support the Bikes for Death podcast is through our affiliate link program. This is something I've been pushing a little bit here and there through 2023, and you're gonna hear me talk about it more and more going into 2024. I actually, it's the end of the year, so I looked at our stats, and uh, since we're sharing numbers and stats and goals and all those things in this episode, I'll share with you that Bikes for Death made $1,200 through our affiliate link program in 2023 which isn't a huge number, but the one thing I've learned in this content creation business is you gotta have your hand in all of the cookie jars to kind of make this thing work. The affiliate link program is a great way to support Bikes or Death, especially if Santa Claus didn't bring you what you wanted for the holidays this year. You can head over to bikesordeath.com and underneath the store tab, we have all of our affiliate links there and you can find a lot of brands and companies that you're already shopping with. Many of our affiliate links include discounts for you, the listener, and as well, when you use our link, Bikes or Death gets a little kickback for every purchase. So some of our affiliates are Old Man Mountain and they come with a 15% discount. We got Ren Sports, you get a 15% discount with them. Ombras, $20 off your sunglasses. Panorama Cycles, Electric E-Bikes, REI, Patagonia, Hefe Bike, Bike Flights, Phoenix Lights, Limb Shoes, and more. If you are looking to do some shopping, especially in the outdoor and or cycling space, please head over to bikesordeath.com. Check out our affiliate links. Anytime you use one of our links, Bikes or Death gets a little kickback, and that's a great and easy way to support Bikes or Death in a way that's pretty easy if you were already gonna spend that money anyway. So just food for thought as you close out this year and reevaluate your gift situation. If you didn't get that bike for Christmas that you were hoping for, maybe you want to head over to Panorama Cycles affiliate link and check out some of the groovy bikes that they have for sale. Go to bikesordeath.com, hit those affiliate links, and give yourself and Bikes for Death a little bit of holiday cheer to close out the year. Now, today's episode is also brought to us by my friends over at Electric E-Bikes. And let me tell you what, I am absolutely in love with my new Electric E-Bike. Whether I'm going on a quick trip to the store or just taking an evening cruise to clear my head after a long day or for a hundred other reasons, I find myself reaching for this bike time and time again. And now I want one for my whole family. Which makes me wonder, where would you go for the holidays if you and your whole family had electric e-bike? Well, I'm excited to tell you that electric e-bikes is making it easier for you to get an e-bike this holiday season because holiday savings are already here and Black Friday deals are happening now. So for a limited time, you can enjoy $100 off e-bikes and up to $450 in free accessories. And one of my favorite features about these bikes is that they are built with convenience and utility in mind. So getting started on your electric e-bike adventure is easier than ever. Your electric e-bike ships free, comes fully assembled, and is foldable for easy travel and storage wherever you go. But wait, there's more. Electric e-bikes just announced their new X-Peak that comes in two different models and is available for pre-order right now. The X-Peak is an all-terrain e-bike that's equipped to take you off-road and encourage you into the unknown. 
Get hundreds of dollars in free accessories with any electric e-bike purchase this holiday, including America's best-selling e-bike, the XP 3.0, and the new X-Peak. Visit electricebikes.com to find the electric model for you. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E bikes.com. And if you use the link in the bio, Electric E-Bikes will send Bikes or Death a little something for the referral. So use our damn link and then go ride your damn e-bike. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. Now I drink AG1 every day before my workout and it makes me feel like I'm actually doing something good for my body and I'm giving it the nutrition that it needs. We talk a lot about nutrition for bike touring and bike racing and finding quality foods on route can be challenging to say the least. May I recommend AG1 travel packs for the nutritionally deficient bike packer on the go? If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then try AG1 and get a free one year of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash bikes or death. That's drinkag1.com forward slash bikes or death to take control of your daily nutritional insurance. All right, all right. The bills have been paid, and now it is time to get to my episode with me and Natalie. But before we do, let's have my friend Miles Arbor kick it off with the Bikes for Death theme song. You load up your bike, you ride away from home. You could be with your friends or you could be alone. You ride for a day or maybe more. You just love being in the great outdoors. Everything you need is strapped to your bars, including that new pillow you got from Santa Claus. And then you think, oh shit to yourself. You left that super lightweight tent on the living room shelf. Bikes. All right, I think we're ready to get rolling. Are you ready? I'm ready. I bet you thought it was cool dating a podcaster before I wrangled you into helping me. Yeah, this was fun uh, until right now. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm second guessing my decisions. Yeah, it's really fun to be in the background and just telling me how to run my show and not a, it's Uh a whole nother thing to actually have to be part of the show. Yeah, I've been talking a lot of shit for a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Revenge is a dish best served uh, right now. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to do... Something a little bit different than I've done uh, historically. At the end of every year, I always release a uh, end of the year episode. Uh, usually, will involve some kind of AMA, and I had the brilliant idea to combine the end of the year episode with our awards, um, with a look forward, a look. Well, first we'll start with a look backward, a look forward. And we're also going to do an AMA. So we've had listeners ask their questions. I'm going to be answering them. And Natalie here has been gracious enough to stand in for all of you and ask the questions on your behalf, which I appreciate because like, 
as much as I talk to myself in an empty room, like it's not an area where I'm comfortable. So it's nice to have somebody just like kind of talk at or talk to. Um, so anyway, that's what we're going to be doing. And Natalie, first, I want to thank you for being willing to do this. I appreciate it. I know that you don't have a strong desire to be a social media influencer or a podcaster or anything like that. You'd probably be happy to just uh, listen to the podcast and not actually be a part of it. So thanks for uh, thanks for coming on the show. You're welcome. And making me look good. That's your only job today is to make me look good. I'll do my best. I'll try to I'll try to help by not, by not making myself look bad. I should turn this camera on. <laughs> see how speaking that of speaking of looking good. See see how <laughs> it's just that. All right. Let's do it. Let's do a podcast. First thing we're going to do, Natalie, is we're going to announce the episodes of the year, all of the awards. The first one is episode of the year. This is the fan favorite. This is These are the three episodes that got the most votes. Before I reveal the answers, Natalie, do you want to share what your favorite episode is was from the year? Oh, gosh, you're putting me on the spot. You don't have to. I wish you'd have told me you were going to ask me that question ahead of time so I could think I about my favorite episodes from the year. I like the spontaneity of it. Um, okay, okay. Was it was it our episode? I mean, that would sound a little conceited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was my favorite in the sense that I experienced that episode, so I had a good time. Um, yeah. But I don't think it would be fair or reasonable to say that our episode is my favorite. I know what my favorite episode of the year was. Okay. Um, it was with Philip Crosby. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was really, really, that one, there was just a good tie-in for me because we found that book together um, at the bookstore. Um, we both read that book kind of at the same time and enjoyed it. Um, and then we kind of came up with the idea together to go interview Weston, aka Philip Crosby, and took a pretty awesome trip to North Carolina and it was my first time out there and he was awesome. Um, hanging out on his farm was absolutely awesome. He was just such a brilliant and interesting person to get to sit around a fire with. And I got to kind of witness the process of you doing that episode with him. And um, I had really enjoyed reading that book and going along for that journey with him. So that follow-up was just, that was really exciting. That was definitely my favorite episode. Yeah. Good answer. Good yeah. answer. And you were integral to that entire episode from we were in the bookstore, like you said, when you found that book. Um, so I read it. And then while you and I were on a bike ride, we were talking about this episode and it was your idea to go and you're like, why don't you just interview Weston? And I'm like, yes, that's the right answer. And then you went with me to help interview him. So yeah, good answer. And that was a that was a fun episode. And that's the fun part of dating a podcaster. See, that that's the good part. This that's is the good stuff. Yeah, that's the good stuff. <laughs> this is the the stuff that you have to put up with to get to the good stuff. All right. So that's your favorite episode. I think I get asked later about some of my favorite episodes from this year. So I'm going to hold off on my comments for now. But here's what the listeners said. So episode of the year goes to episode 163, Jay Peterberry. Episode two was 153 with Chris Burkard and episode 141 with Ultra Romance. I can't argue with the fans. I think they got it right. I think they picked some really great episodes. 
Jay Peterberry is a tough one for me because like on one hand, it was great to have him on the podcast. On the other hand, it was not great. The reason for which he was there. But one thing about that episode that like really sank into me was that Jay reached out to me and asked if he could come on the podcast and share his story. And it was something I was interested in having him on for, but at the same time, that's a delicate situation. You don't want to just be like, Hey buddy, you want to talk about how you almost died by getting hit by a vehicle when you're riding your bike? So, um, it was a huge honor that he like reached out and that episode resonated with so many people makes me feel good because that makes me feel like I did a good job helping to share his story. You know, it's like, and, and I think that's always like a huge metric that I'm considering when I'm looking at, is that a good episode? And the way I answer that is, did I elevate that person? Did I help them tell their story? Did I give them a platform and the space to be able to do so? And the fact that so many people like that episode tells me, I think we did a good job. So I'm happy about that. Most entertaining, next up, most entertaining, episode 141, Ultra Romance, obviously. The guy is just endlessly entertaining. He is a born showman. And that was his second time to be on the podcast. I'm a huge fan. And so I'm not surprised that this one got first place. The second one surprised me. The second most entertaining episode of the year was episode 145, which was the ETS recap or East Texas Showdown recap episode that we recorded live at Cycle East with Hannah Simon, Russell Picklevance, and Ariel Marlowe and Stephanie Hall. I got everybody there, good. I'm, I'm excited that that one did so well because that's still a new format doing these live episodes. Like you want it to be entertaining, especially when you have a live crowd there. And so the fact that this one was so well received, like makes me happy. And again, it's kind of like, okay, proof of concept. Like, all right, you know, we're, we're working with something good here. Why and did that one surprise you? I don't know if surprise is the right word. Thank you for picking up on that. It's more like pleased. I think pleased is the right word. I'm yeah. pleased that it did so well because, yeah, anytime I try something new, it's always a little scary. And you're always a little unsure how it's going to go over. And it's just a much different dynamic of recording an episode when there's a live audience versus one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, it's pretty similar. I try to keep it all pretty like chill and pretty authentic and like... But when there's a live edit audience there, there's definitely pressure, you know, and I feel like it's like, okay, well, the, these people need to be entertained. So the fact that people voted it as the second most entertaining episode of the year next to Ronnie, Ronnie Romance. I think you entertained them. I think they are entertained. Yeah. That's great. Now, speaking of entertainment, uh, episode, the third most entertaining episode of the year was the episode that you and I did, episode 165 at the Ozark Randonnée, which is which is cool. You always knew that you were super entertaining and likable, and now the audiences have voted in your favor. <laughs> so do you think that they were voting for me as the most entertaining, you as the most entertaining, or was it a combination of both of us? I mean, I think I was a lot more entertaining than I would have been had I know the mics were on um, for most of those conversations. I, <laughs> I think like you said, people like to hear about beginner bikepackers and they're interested in that initial process of kind of getting into the sport and breaking through those initial barriers. And so 
I think that might have been a part of it because that is where I'm at to some degree. Um, I don't know. That one surprised me. <laughs> I think we're funny. We're funny. I think so. Yeah. Like when I listen to that episode, it's nice that other people think we're funny. That's the part <laughs> where you don't know is like, um, I think when you and I both listened back to that episode, I know I chuckled, you know, a few times. I'm like, aha, that was good. I actually laughed at some of your one-liners. I remember when I was editing it, I was laughing my ass off. And in real time, I kind of like just chuckled. But then I, I listened, back, listened back, I like was laughing all the way. We were so tired. I mean, like, I don't even remember half of the stuff that I said until I listened back to it. And I was like, oh, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew I still had a sense of humor when I'm fucking dying? My favorite was I would eat a cigarette right now. <laughs> what was I would eat a cigarette right now if... If that's what would sustain me. Because yeah. it was like, I had that hamburger in my bag and you were like, are you going to eat your hamburger? And I was like, fuck no. Like I'll, these Skittles, like I just want sustenance. Like, and so it was like, if that's what would, I would that's do anything to sustain me. Yeah. 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 So that's cool. Most entertaining. Uh, number three, I'm excited about that. I'm also stoked because that was a ride along episode, another kind of new concept that I've been working through. And so the fact that people are enjoying those, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, all right, next up, most inspirational and winning again is Jay Peterberry. Um, not surprising, absolutely inspirational. I think the way that he, it's not only that it happened to him, but it, it's the way that he, he, was processing it and the way that he was working through it, you can tell he's a person who understands hardship. And, you know, he's a lot of that has been self-inflicted through, you know, really hard bike riding over decades. And it's what we talk about a lot on the podcast where bikepacking and being solo self-supported and learning to rely on yourself is a skill set that you can take with you and apply it in any area of your life. And yeah, I don't think that I'm speaking too strongly for Jay here when I say that, you know, I mean, he talked, we talked about on the podcast, like, you know, his experience with hard things certainly helped him uh, and is currently helping him as he recovers. So um, the next, the second most inspirational episode was number 147 with Lindsay Shepard, which I thought was great. I love that episode with Lindsay. I had a great time meeting her. She has just a really cool story. She's one of these people who is just living, living a very intentional life and has figured out a way to live the life that she wants to live, live an adventurous life while also, you know, working and, and figuring out that balance and not to say she's perfected it, but I certainly respect the lifestyle that she's living. And I know I was inspired by that one too. Number three, we had a three-way tie for number three. So for most inspirational, the three-way tie for third place was 138 Scarlet and her father who rode the Tour Divide uh, at the age of 13, which is incredible. Number two was Mackenzie Barney, which was episode 157. She solo cycled the world. And then episode 132 was Hannah part three. Uh, so after... Uh, that would have been after the Colorado Trail. Yeah, after the Colorado Trail. So you said 132. Your notes say 162. Thank you. 162. Okay. That's uh that's dyslexia. That's <laughs> what that is. Yeah. So episode 162, Hannah Part Three. And the next category is most informative. Uh, and the winner of that category was episode 143, Rebecca Rush, Winter Riding. 
The second most informative was Maria Osowski. I think I'm saying her name correctly. About physical therapy. And the third most informative was episode 166 with Kurt Refsnyder. <laughs> I got a, oh my gosh, I got a note <laughs> on this one from one of the listeners who said uh, he voted it most informative because prior to that episode, he knew nothing about the CDT. And now after listening to it, he knows he never wants to do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so sometimes information could be it's informing helpful. you of what you don't want to do, <laughs> which is great. It's I, good to know. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> I knew nothing about it. Now I know I never want to do it. I love it. Okay. So those are all of the awards as voted on by the listener. The last set of awards is by the numbers. So this is the episode that received the most downloads this year. So by the numbers, episode 152, Uba, who I interviewed right after winning the Tour Divide, got 9,766 downloads. I'm excited about that one because when I was driving to the Tour Divide, I was, you know, I'm always thinking about how can I produce the best show? How can I do it differently? Um, how can I do it better? And while I was driving there, I was like, I'm going to interview him if, if he'll let me. You know, I never know if they're going to say yes. <laughs> I just drive down there hoping that they'll say yes, and they usually do. But interview him. And then after I got done interviewing him, I immediately went to a local cafe. There's only one in town. And I went there and I edited that podcast for like six hours or something and put it out that afternoon. And that's the first time I'd done that and really got that out there in real time, which I thought was pretty neat. I know a lot of people responded well to that. Um, so that was the number one most listened to episode this year. Number two, coming in a close number two was episode 141 with Ultra Romance with 9,300 downloads. And the third most downloaded episode was 153 with Chris Burkard, came in at 8,680 downloads. So great year in podcasting. Now, let's just, for fun, I just want to review some Bikes or Death stats. If we're going to be talking numbers, let's talk Bikes or Death numbers just briefly. Bikes or Death just hit a huge milestone last month. Uh, I started the podcast five years ago. I think it was at the end of October, beginning of November of 2018. So I've been doing this for five years. I put out, this is episode 169. And we hit another huge milestone just months ago where we surpassed a million downloads. We're currently at 1.1 million downloads, which is just, it's like a mind boggling number. It surprises me that there's even that many bike packers, you know, it's like they- Maybe it's all the same, like 10 bike packers. Then they're just like they're hardcore just fans. really listening over and over again. I would, I would venture to agree with you if it wasn't for the next stat, which is that- Bikes or Death has 314 patrons, which is is a big number. That's that is the biggest number because that's 314 people who listen and value this show enough to kick in a few dollars out of their pocket. We have some people that like contribute a hundred dollars a month, you know, to the podcast. I'm not I always feel weird. Like I never want to be like, oh, this person gave a lot of money because it's really not about the amount. It really is just you know, you always hear, oh, you vote with your dollars. 
But when someone like takes just a few minutes and even if they only sign up to support with like a dollar a month, it's still so meaningful. You know, it's like, I care, you know, and I'm going to take five minutes out of my day and a couple dollars out of my bank account every month just to say, yeah, I do. I do value what you're doing. And so, yeah, 314 patrons, that's the metric that I'm probably the most excited about because, I mean, for the reasons that I just articulated, like those are people who are showing through action that they value the show. So that's incredible. I've never liked a podcast enough to like give the person money, you know, that's, I mean, that's really liking a podcast. Yeah. 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 I have to be honest. Like I never did. The first time I ever gave on Patreon was when I set up, I set up the monumental loop fund for Matt Mason over at the monumental loop in uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico. So I set up a Patreon for him. I was his first contributor. I'm still a contributor. But yeah, you have to really like a podcast, I think, yeah. to open up your wallet. and 314 people really like you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I don't know how to feel about this, and I don't know if it'll this will make the episode or not, but I was getting close to 500. There was almost 500 Patreons. Where'd you piss off 200 people? Probably with Lael. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe a few of them. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think I, I don't really know. I also, I wonder about that because I do wonder if like I prompt Patreon a lot on the podcast. I've done it since episode one. I've done it 169 times. There's not a single episode out there where I don't mention, hey, maybe you could be a Patreon. And every week I typically will announce a new patron or multiple. And I think, I don't know, like public perception wise, people might be like, oh, he's just growing, growing, growing. But what I'm not doing is telling you every time somebody stops supporting yeah. the show. You it's like start announcing that. Yeah. And Doug, uh, <laughs> Doug, he put in $10 and now he's gone. Thanks, Doug. You know? And so, uh, I don't know if there's like a public perception. It's like, oh, well, he's just getting many, many, many every single week. And so maybe it's like, oh, I don't need to support him. And in the reality is like in the background, we're always getting more, but we're also losing some. And so it's just a, it's a juggling game, but regardless of the numbers, I'm, I'm just happy to be here. I mean, Bikes or death by any metric I would ever give it has been successful. I could walk away right now and be completely happy and satisfied and feel like I I accomplished everything that I wanted to do plus way more than I ever thought I wanted to or could. Like it wasn't even on my radar. So regardless of what the numbers are, it's all amazing. It's all good. And I'm just a happy boy. I'm just a happy podcaster. That's what I am. I'm going to share what my goals are for 2024. And I don't know about you, but putting goals in writing and then putting it out on the internet is scary because then people are going to hear that and then they're going to expect you to do those things. And I don't know how I feel about that, but we're going to give it a shot. So for 2024, I have a lot of goals. One of them is to produce 40 episodes of the podcast. I take December off every, every year. And so taking off December, I'd like to put out 40 episodes in the other 11 months of the year. I think this year I produced, oh, what was it, like 32, 31, something like that. Yeah, so I want to do 40 episodes a year. The listeners deserve it, and it's my job to make that happen. What are you averaging right now, and what is the difference between that and why 40? It just sounds like a good number. Okay, good. So there's 54 weeks in a year, right? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So if we take off December, December would be four of those. So we're down to 50. That would average close to like three episodes a month, you okay. know, which I'd really like to do more. I'd like to get to where it's 50 episodes a year. Like that would be the ultimate goal. But I think I did 30 or 31 this year. And so it's incremental. It's like, okay, set a realistic goal. Um, you need some time for surf trips. <laughs> yeah, I need to get my listeners to love surfing as much as you do. Yes. And then I can tell them all about it. But yes. at this point, you're still trying to convert me and then I'll try to help you convert my <laughs> listeners. <laughs> One step at a time. Yeah, you're playing the long game. <laughs> Next up is events. You know, I'm super passionate about bringing this online community into the flesh and I've always been a community leader, community organizer. It's just in my heart. It's who I am as a person. And so for 2024, we have some lofty goals. First off, we have the Texas Showdown Series, which for anyone who doesn't know, is the East Texas Showdown in March, followed by the Central Texas Showdown in October. And then new for 2025 will be the West Texas Showdown and that is tentatively scheduled for February of 2025. And I know we have questions about the West Texas Showdown, so we're going to dig deeper into that uh, on today's episode. The other event that I'm excited to do again is the Bikepacking Basics Beginner Ride and Clinic. Uh, we did that for the first time this year. It was a total success. Natalie, you were there for that one. You, you could uh, vouch for that. Good times. That was a lot of fun. And so we're going to do that again this year. I think we're going to do it at the bullet. Um, we're going to introduce you to some of the uh, East Texas showdown routes. So a new location. And yeah, excited about doing that one again. I will say this about the Bikepacking Basics. We're going to do it a little bit differently this year. We're going to do it instead of just doing it an overnighter. We're going to do it as a three-day event. It's going to be hosted at the bullet. So the first night will show up. And we'll do some of our clinics ahead of the ride. So that Friday night, we'll do some clinics, be available to help people with their gear if they need it. And then the next morning on Saturday, we'll wake up, get loaded up, and we'll do our bikepacking trip. And then I think for that one, instead of doing a clinic on the group ride, I actually want to record a live podcast, like a, like a group campfire chat. So the format's going to be a little bit dif different this year. And... So for the bikepacking basics, what's the demographic that you're looking for? What level of beginner versus intermediate? What kind of rider? Um, and what can they expect? Good questions. Um, demographic would be anybody. You know, uh, the entire focus will be geared towards beginners. And I'll elaborate on that in a second. But it shouldn't eliminate or prevent anybody from coming if they just want to come on a super chill ride and hang out and ride bikes, right? So it's still a good route. It's still fun. It's still riding bikes with friends in the woods. So anyone can come, but the emphasis will be put on uh, beginners. And for this specific trip, this is our most hands-on uh, supported event that we have. So um, it'll be myself and Ariel who are leading the ride. One of us will lead, one of us will be in the back running sweeper. We will have a mechanic that will be on the ride available to help fix your bike. Um, we will also have a SAG vehicle with a bike rack on it. So that vehicle follows us the entire time. 
if anybody needs to be picked up or maybe they need to offload some of their gear, we have a vehicle there for that. And the whole thing is to try to give people an easy entry point into bikepacking. It's it's daunting to just put everything on your bike and just like leave your car and your house and whatever and just go off into the woods yeah. for the first time. Like that's it's like, okay, do I have everything? You know, am I ready for this? And you just get out there and you find out the hard way, maybe. This gives you a little bit of a a net, right? A little bit of a safety net. And it allows people to not only bike pack, but push their limits a little bit further because they know that they have the support there. It allows people to kind of push themselves a little bit further. And we saw that the first time that we did this, we saw a lot of people who were, who, who were really pushing themselves, who were on a hard ride for them. And I love that because I feel like we gave people that opportunity to push themselves and to find out and to know that if it goes wrong, they got help, you know? And so it's just, yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Yeah. It was was a good time. Anything you want to add? You were there for that one. Um, I thought that was awesome. I was really inspired. Uh, There was a guy on that ride that carried his CPAP with him. He told the story (laughs) about how his doctor said that he needed to lose weight or he wasn't going to live much longer. And he took his CPAP with him on his bike. I mean, that guy was the most inspiring person on that ride, in my opinion. I was just so impressed. And that's a perfect example of somebody that's like, you know, he hadn't been doing a lot of this. Um, He was getting into it and he was doing it no matter what. I mean, there were people that didn't bring the right gear, didn't bring enough blankets. Didn't um, bring food. Didn't bring food, you know, (laughs) but that's the time to figure out the kinks is when you have support and when you have a group of people around you that are ready to kind of help you out and support you. And so that was great. It was a really good time. And, and you had some advanced riders. You had the guy that was getting ready to do the tour divide and he was just kind of out there to hang out, ride bikes and make sure all his gear worked like it was supposed to work. And that was cool too. Yeah. Brian Barr, he went and rode the tour divide out right after this, which is funny. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. We're going to talk more about bikepacking basics later. I'm going to touch on it again. So I'll leave it for now, but I'm super excited about that event. That one I'm excited about all these, to be honest with you. Um, and I think what we're doing at Bikes or Death is creating like a pretty good menu of of events, essentially. You know, like I am trying to cast a wide net and try to find, if I'm trying to build a community, how do I do that through events, right? Like how do I create the events that actually build a community? Bikepacking Basics and Beginner Group, right? That's a great way. The next one that I'm really excited about is it doesn't have a title yet. Um, but it's going to be more of a summit style, a bikepacking summit style event. It's slated to be at the end of September. And that is a collaboration between uh, Andrew Onermaw and Ozark Gravel Cyclist and Bikes for Death. So we are joining forces and we're going to put on, essentially it's going to be like a to be honest, we're still working out the details. We're still working on a venue. Like there's a lot we don't know. The, what we do know is that Andrew and I are very excited about this event and we are going to make it awesome. Right? Something is happening it, at the end of September. At the end of September, it's going to be awesome. Everyone wants to be there for sure. It's going to be good. Like Andrew Onerma is a well-known entity in the bikepacking space. He's just, he's a great person who has a reputation for putting on great events. He's also a pretty amazing athlete himself. I, th- I think like Andrew Onermaw is kind of like 
the Texas version of me or I'm the Texas version of him. Like we're doing very He's similar. He's the Arkansas version of you. Yeah, the Arkansas version of me. Yeah. Yeah. Dyslexia. Rares its ugly head again. And so like, yeah, I'm I, I'm just a huge fan of him. I'm a, uh, he's a, he's a legitimate friend, and I know that when we put both of our passions, both of our heads together, both of our creativity, we've already had many discussions over what this is going to look like. And I can tell you, I mean, briefly, it's going to be an educational component. There'll be some writing. There'll be some drinking and some shenanigans. I think we're going to do that for three days and then we're going to do, we're going to follow it up with an optional two day bikepacking trip after that. So again, really try to edify, educate people on the front end and then give people a chance to ride bikes and, and kind of put into practice some of the things that we talk about. But we're, we're thinking about gearing that one to a, a little bit higher caliber rider or maybe not caliber, but a higher level uh, bike packer. So we're, we're thinking about targeting more of like the intermediate bike packer that's looking to step up their game, maybe get into racing. So we're thinking about having some like some racers come and like talk more nitty gritty about like the difference from, you know, going on a, let's say a three or four day bikepacking trip to now you want to take on the AZT or something, you know? And so that's kind of the general idea and the target we're looking to hit with that one. Uh, do you have a date and a location for that? I know you said end of September, you and Andrew. Yep. I do have dates. I just looked at my calendar at what you told me and you said tentatively the September 26th to 29th, but you know, just making sure for the internet. That's right. Okay. Those are the dates that we currently have marked in pen in our calendar, both Andrew and I. The location is TBD. And I can tell you, we are working on securing an absolutely epic location. And I can't tell you what it is, uh, but it is a very well-known location that is already famous in another sport and that puts on a world-famous event in the outdoor space already. And so that's a good enough teaser. That'll keep people interested. I'm going to leave it right there. Mark your calendars, people. More details coming. Follow Bikes for Death for more. Uh, and then the last thing I want to mention with, as it relates to trips is bike camping trips. This is something that I'm going to talk in a, in a minute about Ariel and him coming on the team, but Ariel was working with cycle East, uh, as part of cycle East, they were leading these bike camping trips. They've been doing it the last four years or so, uh, navigating around COVID obviously, but they've been doing this for a while, specifically Ariel developed these rides through Cycle East and has been leading those. As I've brought Ariel on, we're also going to bring those bike camping trips under the Bikes for Death umbrella. And so I think that's something I've wanted to do is just go ride bikes. It's like not necessarily a program, not a clinic, not a this or a that. It's literally just come ride bikes with us. It's bike camping. And those camping trips will be tiered. So the way they're currently categorized is uh, 101, 201, 301, and 401. So much like a college course. So 101 is your entry level and then 201, 301, and 401 go up from there. And, and as a result, we're going to have different distances, different speeds, different locations. Again, trying to cast a wider net and get more people riding bikes. Not really supported, but you know, you know you're going to be in a group you know that Patrick and Ariel are going to be there. There's a little bit of safety in numbers. It's just nice to ride bikes with friends. And if you need help 
there's going to be someone there to help you. You know, it's like, it's a group ride, you know? So I think like with all those events, like with the Texas Showdown series, where everything from riding to racing, bikepacking basics, getting people introduced um, at the very beginning with support, doing a summit type bikepacking summit slash gravel event with Andrew Onermaw, taking that to the next level. And then just having bike camping trips where people can just come ride bikes, like a lot of events, but pretty excited about that for 2024. The other thing I want to do is more live recordings with live. When I say live, I mean, uh, with a, with an audience and I'm, I'm working on dates, people, locations, all these things right now. I'm specifically working on two and I'll tease it. If it all works out, one of them would be in Santa Fe, New Mexico, and the other one would be in the Denver, Colorado area. So I'm looking at taking the Bikes for Death live audience podcast and traveling. You know, I've done four of them in Austin now, and they've been really well received. We always have a great turnout. People are enjoying them and I love them. It's it's fun. You know, it's it's much like, having you here to talk to is better than being in my room, just talking to a wall. When you bring the audience in and in real time, they're laughing or applauding or ooing or awing or whatever it is. It just, it's, it's fun. It's exciting. It's a little scary, but I like it and I'm trying to get better at it. So I want to do more of those. <laughs> a big one, a big one for next year is improve the audio quality on the ride along episodes. Please and please and thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie, what is your biggest critique slash complaint of the Bikes for Death podcast? (laughs) He knows the answer to this. Um, Yeah, I really struggle, really struggle with the audio quality sometimes. Um, For the most part, you do a great job, but there are those occasional one-offs. And I will give you credit here. I will give you this you interview people from all over the world. And sometimes it's not like you can mail recording equipment to those people. So sometimes it's no fault of your own shit happens. But other times like our ride along podcast, I am kind of funny and entertaining. And I think you missed a lot of the good stuff that I said, because it just kind of got lost in the wind. It was your other ride along podcasts were similar. There was some, there were some audio issues that, I just struggle with, I really struggle, but you have new equipment, you have new plans, you're working on this. I'm stoked about it. (laughs) I don't remember if this is one of the questions I'm going to ask you about. So if it's not, you can speak to that now. Oh, about the audio quality. Yeah. 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 No, I, it is one of the questions that came up, but I, we can go ahead and tackle it now because obviously I do know your answer. The reason why I'm bringing it up now is because whenever I opened it up for feedback from the audience, this was one of the main feedbacks was improve, either cut that shit out, like just stop, like stop. recording them. Just stop. Yeah, just stop. <laughs> Don't do that. Or fix it. And and I want to emphasize, I could not agree more. You yes. know, like I, I care, I'm a podcaster. This is what I'm doing for my job. And when the audio sucks, I could go in a closet, cry myself and never, you know, cry myself to sleep and never come out. Like, I hate it. I hate it, I hate it, I hate it. And I care and I 
And I have, despite what it looks like on the outside, I have been trying to figure out how to do this for a while. You know this, yeah. but it's hard when you're dealing, you're not in a studio, you know, and, but I do, I do want to figure this out because the first idea I ever had whenever I decided I wanted to record a podcast, at least this podcast, was I wanted it to be a ride-along style. I wanted to go bikepacking with people. I wanted to talk to them while we're on the trip. I wanted to sit around a campfire. And that was my whole idea. Like I wanted to have that immersive experience. Turns out the reality of that is much more difficult to actually produce a show and have all those things come to line. And then you have all these you know, sounds that you have to deal with. And so there's a lot of barriers to entry to make that the the kind of like the format of this show. But I do want to keep, continue to figure out how to create those more immersive episodes to take people along for the ride. And I can say that I have found a solution to the audio problem. Natalie and I have been testing it. This is another part of being my girlfriend that y'all don't get to see is that when we go on rides, uh, she's getting to help me test audio equipment <laughs> or get pictures taken or whatever it may be. But uh, I'm always, 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 always fiddling with the audio quality or with creating better content in general. And so rest assured, I have heard you. I have heard Natalie. I have heard myself. Nobody likes the audio uh, quality everybody's upset about it. Maybe not upset. Maybe some of y'all are just annoyed. <laughs> but some of y'all are upset. I know. <laughs> it's upsetting. It's, it is fair. It is fair. It's quite annoying. Um, but I'm excited because I dropped $300 on some new microphones. Thank you, patrons. And, uh, and, and the Hannah episode, like the mic cut out, like I'm on my third digital recorder in the last five years. So I bought one it crapped out. I bought a second one. It crapped out, and I'm on number three. And so, like, it's ex it's expensive. You know, all this equipment and all this, like, it it's money. You know, but so I am financially invested and personally invested in good audio quality, and I'm backing it up with new microphone system for ride along episodes and a new digital recorder for episodes like we're doing right now, where we're sitting down. So better audio quality in 2024, guaranteed. Real quickly, we're going to increase our focus on video. Uh, Mackenzie Barney, who's come on the team, uh, that's one of her specialties. And yeah, why not? Some people want to listen. Some people want to watch. And I'm going to try to create more video content. We've already started doing that. I think the ways that I would like to improve on that is by uh, I'd really like to start doing like a video series on like how to bikepacking basics, like how to pack a bag, how to start a fire, how to pitch a tent or a, a hammock or a tarp or whatever, right? Like those are all very time consuming to do, but I would really, really like to start doing some of those videos. It might be too early to ask this question, but hmm. where can people find those videos if you were to start doing them? YouTube, bikesfordeath.com or okay. bikes for death. Yeah, YouTube. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the great thing about my name. I, I got lucky. One, it's a fucking great name. And two, for some reason, nobody had ever used it on any platform. And so even though I'm not on TikTok, I have the Bikes for Death TikTok. I got the Bikes for Death Reddit. I got the Bikes for Death YouTube. I got, you know, it's all Bikes for Death. So I'm pretty easy to find. And now that it's tattooed on your arm, it's officially patented, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never thought about that. I'm pretty sure I own this <laughs> I think name you own now. It. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just my business card. Some people print them out. I just tattooed on my forearm for the world to see. Okay. I'm going to tease a new series 
that I, I actually had this idea two days ago, kind of. It's an idea that I've been kind of percolating for probably the last five years, to be honest. But the series is going to be called Come Ride With Me. I'm only going to record it while I'm on bike rides. It's going to be more of an audio journal um, type episode. So for example, the one that I just recorded, I'm currently training for the AZT 300. For me, all roads in my personal biking life lead to the AZT. And while I'm training, while I'm preparing, I'm going to be taking the audience along for that experience. So I just recorded episode number one two days ago on pretty much my first training ride, getting ready for the AZT. And I talk about essentially where I'm at, you know, where I'm at physically, uh, I talked about kind of where I'm at, health, fitness, all that kind of stuff right now, how much I have been riding, how much I haven't been riding, you know, what kind of bike I'm going to ride and really get into the nitty gritty of uh, how I'm training and preparing for the AZT. And that series, I'm going to steal this out of from Andrew Huberman's playbook. So Andrew Huberman has a patron only podcast. And what he does is he releases on the main feed, he releases the first half of it so mm -hmm. anyone can listen to. And then he's like, and if you like this, you want to kick in a dollar on Patreon, you can listen to the full thing, you know? And so that's my new idea. Just kind of, again, I've been working with this Come Ride With Me series, like percolating in the background, but it all kind of came to fruition on this bike ride. I was like, this makes sense, you know? So yeah, what do you think? So these are just going to be occasional episodes similar to what Andrew Huberman does where you can listen to a little bit of it, but the rest of it is behind a paywall, essentially. Become a patron, you can yep. listen to the rest. Um, just kind of scatter sporadically throughout, just out there on yeah. Spotify. But Yeah, it won't be a, uh, I don't know how frequent. I mean, I'll just kind of whenever I have something to say, you know, it's like I don't want to just yeah. get on and just record nothing and just blabber, you know, but yeah, I'll, I'll get on with the topic. It'll either be specific to my training or maybe I'll have like an, a thought on an episode that I've done and I wanted to elaborate on it. Maybe I want to talk about something that's going on in bikepacking just in general. And it's again, it's it's just an audio journal. It's I'm going to share my thoughts on uh, where I'm at and what, maybe my own bikepacking. Maybe I'll share some behind the scenes with what's going on with Bikes for Death, my thoughts on what's going on in the community. Um, anything like that, but it'll be somewhat targeted, you know, hopefully not too much rambling, uh, but it's going to be raw, unedited. It's going to be come ride with me and um, I'm going to put those out. And it's, you know, as I talked about, I have 314 patrons. I want to find something to do for them. Yeah. And I've surveyed them many times and they always tell me the same thing. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know, we just want to support you, which I appreciate, which is super cool. But I, I want to do something for patrons. And so this isn't really like a way for me to like get more patrons like, oh, I'm going to trick you. Like you listen to half and now you got to pay for the. Yes, I do hope that it, it gives people another reason if they like that content, they want to access it. Sure, it's behind a paywall. But I currently have 314 patrons that deserve that. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. when I'm doing it, I'm, I'm thinking about how can I give them something, you know, and if you're paying for the podcast, you probably like me, you know, you're, you're <laughs> probably like, you probably are more inclined to be the listener that would listen to an hour of me just talking to you through a microphone, you know? Yeah. I, I like, like it. it. You like it too. Good. <laughs> I, you know, when you have an idea and you're like, oh, that's a good idea. It was kind of like that. I was like, yeah, that's a good idea. I yeah. need to do that. And with your new and improved audio equipment. Yes. 
it could be good stuff. Exactly. Exactly. I didn't tell you this. So I recorded the pilot just a couple of days ago and I took my drone that I just got out of the repair shop on my ride with me. So, you know, the way I want to tease it on social media is I'm going to be talking, doing my audio on the episode, and then you're going to have the drone shot of riding along with me. Right? Oh, hell yeah. yeah. So this is going to be like YouTube then? This is just, so this is me teasing. So I have to like oh, announce this is you, it. This is what you're putting on Instagram. This yeah. is your, okay, yeah. I'm following. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, following. Yeah. YouTube doesn't work because I would need a drone with a battery that lasted for an hour, right? So like, yeah, that doesn't, it, it would just be too much of a you pain You need more ass. patrons to get that drone. Yeah, I need more patrons for that. Level up. <laughs> uh, but so I just got my drone back from the repair shop. Took it out of Salvador unscathed. Took it on uh, this bike trip and got it stuck up in a tree. <laughs> Natalie, way up in the tree. <laughs> the stupid drone is supposed to have obstacle avoidance and I'm learning I can't rely on the obstacle avo avoidance as much as I would like to. So I had to leave it there, finish my bike ride because I couldn't get it down. It's way too tall. The base of the tree was completely surrounded by thorns and briars. Please tell me you climbed the tree. No, I couldn't get to it. I could not get to the tree. I'm telling you, like the briars, I'm not kidding, were like 20 feet thick and 20 feet high. I brought, I had to come back with a machete and some rope and stuff. So I went home. A machete. A machete. I got like <laughs> gloves and I put on like clothes that I could like get into the briars. And I was like trying to hack my way to the tree. Why do you own a machete? Uh, for clearing land. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't live in El Salvador where they use it for other things. <laughs> <laughs> so when I like chopping coconuts. Yeah, I used to I used to manage about 110 acres like family land before we sold it and I would clear land with a machete, like clear pathway or whatever. Yeah. Man shit. <laughs> Man shit. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't understand. No. So anyway, that's my new Come Ride with Me series. I'm excited about it. I think I like to talk, and so it's just one more opportunity. Like, it gives me an outlet, and maybe people can listen to that and enjoy that. Last goal for 2024 is to figure out how to make it sustainable, which is the goal every single year. And uh, I don't know what that looks like or how we do that exactly, but, you know, I'm living on faith, and I'm just going to keep doing my best and hope that it all works out, you know? All right, so... The next thing is just briefly, I do have a lot of goals this year and in order to make them happen, it is obvious to me that I can't do this alone. So over the last four years, Emily's um, four plus years, Emily's been working with me in the background and she recently retired from Bikes or Death and we will miss her. I do think that we might see her again at some of the showdown series stuff potentially there's rumors that she might poke her head out uh every once in a while so hopefully she's uh she's not gone forever but um as far as working with bikes for death emily's no longer working with bikes for death and so you know the timing worked out because she left um in october and it's towards the end of the year i'm looking towards 2024 i have big goals and i was already looking for um, some help specifically with how to run a content creation business. Because while I've been an entrepreneur literally my entire life, I've never been in the media space creating content, you know? And I think 
I've kind of figured it out and done a pretty decent job. But like anything in life, there's always people who know more. There's people who specialize in content creation and owning media companies. And I just happened to run across Mackenzie Barney when I was interviewing her for the episode. And so long story short, Mackenzie Barney is now working with Bikes for Death. She is specifically heading up anything to do with creating content from, you know, her background is in everything from uh, video production, storytelling, photojournalism, writing, storytelling, and she's good at it. She's been doing it for like 15 years. It's what she has a degree in. She's very proficient in it. And so we've been working together for the last couple of months. And if people are paying attention, they'll already notice that our social media is a little bit different, hopefully better. And we're creating more content on YouTube and that kind of stuff. And so her job is not to uh, really change anything about what Bikes for Death is doing. It's more of having a better and more targeted approach, like with the projects we're doing, what is the goal? You know, looking to next year, looking to the year after that, like where are we pointing the ship and why? And and helping me develop a plan to make that happen. And then having the skill set to be able to present that information in what I've coined as a professional dirtbag way which is a term that I came up whenever McKinsey and I first started working together. But that's kind of the vibe I'm going for. Like, we are talking about bikepacking. We're all, you know, somewhat dirt bags. We like to get dirty and go camping in the woods and play with fire or whatever. But, you know, we don't want shitty audio. Uh, we want the content to be good and enjoyable and entertaining and informative. So, yeah, that's the goal. Professional dirt bag podcast. I think you've achieved it. I mean, do you think it's what you're going for? Or do you think it's what you already are? Well, thank you. I do think that's what it is. I think what's important is that I retain it. I know one of the questions that I got or one of the concerns that I have is that I'm going to get kind of too big for my britches. A lot of people are afraid I'm going to sell out. Mm -hmm. and And I think that is kind of what I'm speaking to right now is like, regardless of if, if our Instagram gets more polished or my editing gets a little bit better or the audio quality gets better, I know that what has got me here has been me being myself, me following my own passions and me pursuing it in a way that feels authentic to myself, right? Yeah. I've done myself a huge favor. I've given myself the freedom and I've given myself the permission to just be myself, you know, follow the things that make me happy, follow the stories that get me excited. The interesting thing about that, though, is that who I am is changing, you know, five years from now, I'm much a much different person in some ways. And who I am gets influenced by all the messages that I get, or the followers on Instagram or all this stuff, right? So it's like, there's no way I can live in a bubble and and not be aware of the growth and success of bikes or death but that's what i tell myself all the time is like just be yourself like be authentic to yourself does this light a fire in you are you excited about this and those those are the first questions i ask myself whenever i'm looking at creating any content is do i get excited do i come up with an idea on a ride come ride with me and i just 
that's a great thing about owning a, your own company is you can just do whatever you want. Like I made that decision on my right. I'm like, yep, I'm doing this. And I started working on the show format and everything. And it's happening. Now I'm putting it on my podcast that I own and I'm telling the world about it. And then it's happening. And that's the way this podcast will always be. That's the way Bikes or Death will always be, regardless of who I hire, who I bring in. Bikes or Death will never, ever, ever sell out. I won't even sell a portion of this company. This company is not for sale. My events are not for sale. I'm doing this because I want to be doing this. I love this. I care about it. And I don't want a job. This is a job. This is a lot of work. But I can go work in a lot of different fields and like make a lot more money. I'm doing this because I want to be doing it. And if it ever becomes not that, it's it it well it won't because I'm the freaking I'm the guy doing it so it just won't you know I'm the one that gets to decide if if that ever happens and it it just won't. What do you think people's concerns are? You said a few people said that a few people said we don't want to see you sell out. What does that mean to sell out? I mean, you're taking advertisers, right? Like you're a podcaster. Yeah. Um, you know, you're taking money. This is your job. What does it mean to sell out? Yeah. What is it? What are they worried about? What are you? And if it means better audio quality, then I would like to advocate for you to please sell out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I mean, that's a great question. And I, I really don't know. And I think that I would hope that most people, they've been following along for a long time, have a decent sense for me, know that I never would. And I don't even know if it's like I have sold out. It's like a fear that I will. But to sell out to who or to what, I guess, is right. my question. Like, what does it look like to sell out? Okay, I think I know. I think I know. I think when people get big, other interests come in, right? Let's say I take on advertisers. I do have advertisers. and But let's say those advertisers now don't like an episode that I recorded. Okay. Or they want me to interview this person mm -hmm. or they don't want me to talk about this certain topic, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I'm following. And which I'm is following. a fair concern because I think in the content creation business, I think that can be found. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen here. And what you've always told me is that you're not going to take on an advertiser or a sponsor that tells you what to say, how to say it, when to say it, what not to say, what to do, right? Yeah. Because you just, it's not worth the money. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I mean, it speaks directly to my own personal interest and passion for Bikes for Death. I fucking love this. I've put in my blood, sweat, tears, money, my years. I mean, everything I've sacrificed to be here. And if anyone thinks that I'm going to let anybody come in and have control over that and tell me what I can and can't say or influence me in any way, it's just not going to happen. There's not enough money in the world for me to do that. I'll go get a job selling real estate and make, you know, it's like real estate's an easy job, making plenty of money. I could just go ride my bike for fun. The advertisers is a, is a important topic, I guess, because like there are so many opportunities I've had that I've turned down, right? All kinds of companies that want to advertise with Bikes for Death. And I've been selective on who I choose to let on my podcast. And I don't pick companies that I don't like or don't believe in or don't use their products. And, you know, Electric, uh, the e-bike company wanted to advertise with me. I wasn't familiar with their product. And I was like, great. I'm, I mean, it's a bike. It's an e-bike. I like e-bikes. 
but send me one of your bikes. Like, let me try it. Let me ride it around for a couple months and see if it's, if it's cool or not, you know? And so I, I try to vet the people. If I don't know about the companies, I try to vet them and feel good about the people, the companies, the organizations that I'm promoting. And if I didn't, I wouldn't do that. doesn't mean I'm going to get it right a hundred percent of the time, but it means I'm, I'm going to, I'm trying, Yeah, you know? Yeah. You're not just going to take money from anybody that wants to advertise. No question. Not. Absolutely not. Yeah. 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 You'd be, yeah, you'd be hearing advertise for me undies and zip recruiter and you know who I'm giving <laughs> yeah. free advertising now. But yeah, I mean like all those companies, they all wanna they all wanna be on podcasts, you know. So sorry your thing keeps dipping. I don't I, I guess know. we need a screw. It's bumming me out. But we're gonna have a potty break soon and you can fix my speaker. All right. All right, podcaster. Let me uh so that's McKenzie. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that aside because I think it's, that is important. So I'm, I'm glad that we address that, but regardless of how professional dirtbagger we get, it's always going to be Patrick running the Instagram. It's always going to be Patrick making the decisions about what episodes are recorded, what, what's talked about and how they're released to the public. My events aren't for sale. They will always be my events and people are worried that I'm going to sell out. And so hopefully they feel a little bit better now. Next up, so McKinsey's going to help on that front. The other area I'm excited because, as I mentioned, I've hired Ariel. Ariel has been working uh, adjacent and kind of with Bikes for Death for a little bit over a year now. Um, his main job was with Cycle East, and I've hired him to come and help Bikes for Death not only run events, but create better community building opportunities through the events that we're hosting Ariel has a degree in community development through Texas A&M, actually a master's degree. And it was my intention to, at this point in the episode, to insert a little interview with Ariel and McKenzie right now. But um, I recorded with each of them independently and it was just supposed to be like a 10 or 15 minute chat. But of course me, I'm a little long winded uh, in case you didn't know. And uh, each of those were like a 30 minutes. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to release that as a separate episode. It's not going to be paid or anything like that. But I want to introduce people to the team. I want the audience to get to know the people that are going to be helping me run Bikes for Death, why I have brought them into the team, what they're contributing and, and what they're excited about. What are they excited about with working with Bikes for Death? What are their goals that they have um, with working with Bikes for Death? And so you know, big goals for 2024. I'm making a huge commitment with time and money and all these things through events, the episodes, and also through staffing to help bring our message to the market in the best way possible and to be able to put on the best events that we can. So that's our goals. That's our team and a little look forward. I think that's everything. Okay. Before we transition to questions for me, I really have to pee. Yeah. Yeah. We'll do it. Okay. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. That's it for part one. If you're hungry for more, it won't be long. Part two is coming out tomorrow. Meet the team. I'm talking to Mackenzie Barney, Ariel Marlowe, and Ben Crannell, all who work behind the scenes to make all the things that we talked about in today's episode possible. And I'm excited for you to get to know them. Every single person that works with Bikes or Death is absolutely awesome. They bring their own style, their own personality, their own skill sets, and 
I'm really looking forward to seeing what we can do when we're all working together on this amazing team. All right, that's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed it, if you like what we got going on in 2024 and you want to help us make those dreams a reality, please consider signing up to support our work over at patreon.com forward slash bikes or death. Don't forget to use our affiliate links over on bikesfordeath.com. And again, thank you all so much for being here. Let's do it again tomorrow, okay? But until then, you know what to do. Go ride your damn bike. It was the middle of the night. You grabbed your knife and you held it tight. The sounds of beasts kept you awake. The sounds they made kept you afraid. In the morning, you packed your bike. Memories forgotten from the previous night. You rode faster than ever before. Was it your imagination or merely folklore? Fear turned into strength as you pushed further. Every pedal stroke stronger and firmer. Your bike feels weightless. Your legs aren't tired. You think to yourself just a few more miles. Bikes. Bikes.